this is the hindu on books a weekly podcast from india's national newspaper on the latest and the best from the world of literature hello and welcome to the hindus on book podcast i am your host for this episode shobhana k nair i will begin this edition by reading out a few lines for a dalit person his identity is always in transition as soon as he steps out of his home just as a black person is not black within their community but just another fellow human being a dalit too is just another fellow human being as long as they breathe only among dalits to be a dalit is to be in the constant process of discovering the self who is a dalit to me a dalit is a person whose identity is shaped by untouchability practiced against him by society he is untouched in all spheres of life in india he is untouched in imagination as well and when you don't exist for the society except when serving it as its slave because you need to survive you become a repository of colossal dilemmas inferiorities paradoxes and volcanic substances in their embryonic state these are powerful opening lines of the book water in a broken pot a memoir penned by yogesh maitreyam a writer poet translator and publisher he is the founder and editor of panthers paw publication that is dedicated to publishing literature by dalit bahujan writers welcome yogesh thank you shobhana Let me begin by asking you a question that has been with me from first page onwards uh, of the book. Why would a 37-year-old want to write his memoirs? Uh it, it is generally, you know, basically it's it's a traditional perspective uh, that a people write about their lives at the end of it. You know, when they they have achieved something. uh you know it is a traditional traditional uh, uh perception with which we also read and perceive the literature in india especially but when it comes to memoir you know it is mem- uh, uh, as a form memoir is basically a little different than uh, autobiography uh it's not a chronological account of our life but it it's about uh, a few memories a few strong memories which which are defining factors in a person's life now when i uh, began to write the story of my life i thought uh, what are my achievements you know what did i do in life and then when i uh, looked uh, i was already like i uh, i had been a publisher for uh, uh, six seven years now i had been writing for at least 10 10 years and uh, uh, very recently i got a little bit of recognition as a writer and uh, as a poet to begin with this was not big achievement this was not even like this is basically a beginning of a of a journey uh, whose end i do not know what it could be or what it would be but when i revisited the life of my father and also like i tried to imagine the life of my grandfathers and basically their lives were also you know a replica of uh, so many millions of life from our community from our dalit community now i found that uh, we basically do not have this history of emotion this the history of feelings of our our people except in few autobiographies except in in, in the form of poetry but 
especially in in, in Maharashtra, when uh, Dalit literature has been stagnant uh, since 1990s, uh, since basically uh, after 2000. So there have been no innovations in, in the field of literature, in the field of Dalit literature in Maharashtra. Now, I as a Dalit person uh, who is writing after 2010 and uh, writing in English, it was very difficult for me to to actually to search for the vocabulary in which I can I can understand my own emotions. I can understand the dimensions and the nature uh, of my own feelings, of my own reactions, and or uh, in which also I can understand the root of my anxieties, my anger. Basically, in English, that was missing. You know, there were uh, so many texts. Uh, there were many texts uh, written about the lies by mostly by Savarnas from sociological point of view, anthropological point of view, from the political point of view, and they, they all reduce Dalit as an entity, not as a human being. You know, they rarely look at the uh, a person from Dalit community as a human being. So there is a, there is an uncanny, there is a pathological perception that has been created by the Savannah writers in English uh, when it comes to stories or the history or the politics of Dalit movement or the Dalit community. So I had this understanding because I was I was studying the culture, I was studying the language, I was also studying a little bit of politics which is going on around me and also in the country. And I was simultaneously I was also reading and writing. So this informed my decision, my intention to basically why I should write my memoir. So uh, this memoir is basically not about one thing; it is about many things. But it is also to begin with, it is a document of. Uh, the age of which I am the representative of. It is a document of feelings and emotions of a person from a particular community, from a Dalit community, who lived in this particular uh, particular time. You know, and that is unique. The time is very unique in each of our lives. And basically, to to being a representative of that particular time, to to document those little bit of a uh, small dreams, small aspirations, disappointments, or anxieties, the problems, the pains, I see it as a demand of my history. The community which don't have a history written uh, is very much prone to be erased anytime uh, from people's imagination. So I had this uh, the understanding of like uh, knowing the history, knowing communities, caste and also the society in which I grew up. Also, I need to do it in English because this is the language which will uh, give me access to to, to the communities where I had, had not reached so far. Okay. So we'll go on to the next question. And Aunt, I was really interesting to hear from you uh, about why, what prompted you that it's not just your life journey, but the you're painting the entire canvas that you grew up with. Uh, in the book, you have quoted Nigerian author Adiche, one of my favorites, who says the single story creates stereotypes and the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. They make one story, that becomes the only story. Just as your book argues lack of Dalit characters and stories in our mainstream films and books, and the overall imagery that we all grew up with, do you see any change? And do you believe that this stereotype will be broken within our lifetimes? This question needs a constant answering. 
not in our time but also in a time to come because uh, obviously like this is a very encouraging question uh, the question which demands the vision and is there any any in order to break the caste and the stereotypes like in which we are surrounded with and of which also we are the victims so i i think uh, we write story because we 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 want to create our space in that particular time we want to make sure that our existence has been duly noted it will be registered it will be registered for the future because uh, then the uh, then if the attempt to stereotype one particular community would take place then our story will come in defense of 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 those communities and uh, uh, by which it will tell that uh, these stereotypes are wrong these stereotypes are problematic these stereotypes are basically inhuman because uh, when we see the literature only in autobiographies only in poetry only in one particular language or only about pain and suffering which means that we are see we are telling that a particular community called dalit only a suffering in their life they don't have a joy they have only disappointments they do not have a achievement so this is where we need to honestly reflect and after reflection if we decide to write then honestly we need to write uh, what is the innermost secret of our time about ourselves and that is what i tried to do in in water in a broken pot because it's also about uh, you know uh, going behind or getting addicted to alcohol or uh, cannabis or marijuana or uh, you know trying to uh, solve the problems of life by getting uh, by consuming these things but the consumption of the substance is not uh, we all know that it is not healthy it is not good it basically or at the end it destroys the people so because this is my story i wanted to make sure that i should honestly write it right uh, the problem of literature you know like all kind of, the, the society which aggressively becomes uh, moral is the society which is in the uh, stage of becoming pathological so the aspect of morality is so dangerous for anybody who wants to write their stories because in our daily life we as a human being we have aspirations we have dreams we have anxieties but we also have fantasies we also have thoughts which we only know nobody else knows so i think as a dalit person coming from this community it became imperative for me to write my story wherever and how uh, in whichever direction it had taken place so uh, because uh, it is the story of this particular time it is the story of like you know uh, following many places and it is it is a story which which does not want to create any idealistic example out of it it just want to uh, share its story the way it is i think uh, we need more such stories because we need to understand that the way society stereotypes particular community it is not like that that, that stereotype is a blatant lie because uh, here is a person who is writing their story in english coming the first generation learner writing their stories in english trying to communicate with the world uh, about about their imagination their dreams their feelings their anxiety they want to shout it out they want to shout out in a language which 
which uh, like almost every other person in the world speaks now. This is one story, but there are many stories also in every other language taking place in the same community. So I think we are very much uh, aspiring in order to, uh, when we ask that can stereotypes will be broken within our lifetime, but it will need a, this is just one single attempt. This memoir is just one simple attempt to, to address this issue, but it is also a story. So story itself survives, you know, and then uh, people, it will have its own repercussion after people are uh, done reading with it. But it is there, it grows. And I hope that more people from the diverse background, uh, diverse background in terms of caste or gender or the linguistic backgrounds will write about, write from my community, write from the Dalit community, will create a very rich literature. And that, that, uh, that existence of that literature itself will be a, a big challenge for the people who, who wants to create stereotypes. Now, there, there is a very moving passage in your book uh, where you write about getting a caste certificate after class 10. And here you write, For the first time, I consciously uttered who I was historically. And you're basically talking about how this is the first time that you became aware of your Dalit identity and it sort of opened your journey where you have reached today. Now, as a political reporter, uh, interrogating the question of reservation often. I'm very curious uh, to know your views, um, also in the backdrop of the fact that Baba Ambedkar actually believed that in 10 years, this problem would have solved by itself. We are nowhere close. So what are the views that you hold about reservation? In so uh, not that uh, I did not know that uh, where I come from or who I was. Uh, caste certificate is one document where, where uh, you know, like the first time when you see it, like it's a legal document, basically, right? It has a legal uh, implications. So when your identity comes into the uh, le legality, it becomes a curious movement for somebody whose identity is historically the identity of the person who was suppressed, who was discriminated, right? Or the person who was basically in a literary term was erased. So uh, there is no substantial history of about my community, which is written by my own people because they were also prohibited from writing and reading. And here for the first time when I consciously hear about my religion, my caste background on the certificate, uh, which is issued by the government, this is a uh, emotionally, it, it's a uh, emotionally, it's a challenging moment, basically. And that is where like you understand that, uh, you know, like in this country, you need to, in order to avail your rights, you need to also carry the 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 burden of your history although you don't want to but you you need to because you you need to avail those rights so uh, although like you uh, you have given it's your right to avail the reservation it's your right to get the share in the representation of this country but for that matter you need, you will be constantly reminded who you are and then that constant reminder also becomes uh, a gateway for other people to discriminate you. How would a teacher knows about which student belongs to which caste in earlier time? And that because that is how they used to discriminate it, right? Each student should be the same for the teacher. But why some students uh, uh, were made to sit behind? Because the teacher knows. How the teacher knows? 
it is not his duty or his concern or his ethical concern to to know anybody's caste but how would they know because through the caste certificate right so it becomes a gateway for some people to discriminate but uh, for me uh, you know like uh, i never talked about, i i don't like to talk about the discourse of uh, reservation because i know it is my right it is the right of my people and uh, it is our uh, we will definitely we will one way or another we will fight for it so it is not uh, that get this uh, you know like uh, discussing that or getting into uh, discussion around reservation is not i don't think so that it is uh, positive or worthy it is more important for us to fight if we if we don't get it so i lived in a place where like uh, we all know who we are because i lived up i grew up among one caste my experiences my uh, my ideas my imagination were basically for a long time were formed uh, within the single community uh, and then uh, this caste certificate as a document as a legal document uh, is a quick it becomes a it's a reminder of uh, who you are abhi sometimes you want to forget it right uh, if your history is the history of somebody who is uh, discriminated erased somebody who is uh, uh, never been seen empathetically uh, and treated indifferently then uh, uh, sometime you you uh, you tend to stay away from that history and you just want to uh, live as somebody who is human right but this constant reminder this uh, in a legal sense in a legal way or in a discourse it does not let us uh, basically forget that we want to forget because we want to move ahead we want to we want to forget because we are people who are in pursuit of the new future right we we uh, but uh, there are people there are system there are structures there are people who make sure that we should get into this debate we should never thought about our dream we should always get into the uh, the, the the or conscripted into the debates uh, in which like we will end up losing our energy so these legal documents are basically a reminder you know uh, in in a metaphorical way because i have written it because i am also a poet and uh, i also have this uh, inclination to also search for metaphors in lot of other thing so that moment was for me when i look back back then i was a small boy i was just out of school i did not know much but when i reflected now uh, it was a as a poetic it was a moment of poetry but 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 the poetry of a pain a poetry of a, a reminder of a sad thing so uh, this was all about that particular uh, uh, caste certificate uh yogesh and a good part of your book is dedicated to your relationships and what i found intriguing is your lines that when you when you say that for a dalit person to seek justice is to seek love and to seek love is to seek justice can you explain why you equate justice with love and vice versa in a society uh, which is tremendously divisive where uh, divisions are in uh, you find division at every step before establishing any kind of relationship with any other human being whether it is within your caste or outside of your caste uh, you need to stand on equal footing right it is only when you are equal you can maintain that dignity in any of the relationships you have whether you are friends or lovers or partners or Uh, you are married and husband and wife and so on and so forth 
if you are not equal there will be no dignity and if there is no dignity how can there be love so i think uh, you know this is what we learned from ambedkar this is what we learned from baba saheb that they without dignity without justice there is no love and there can be no love in this caste land so uh, basically when we see that uh, without uh, there is no justice without law and there is no love without justice i think these are uh, two coins uh, two side of the one same coin which baba saheb had described in a different way in a in a very scientific way with a political sociological lenses but i think just imagine that you are in love with somebody but that person is totally in denial of your history especially when your history is the history of somebody who was persecuted right you just imagine like if you are in love with somebody uh, whose uh, family traditionally or historically involved in the persecution of your community in the villages and that person is not only in denial of it but that person does not even want to listen to that and then you be as a dalit in relationship you have this anxiety this anger to keep tell keep telling them that uh, your anxiety your your restlessness coming from that it is not it is not patriarchy it is not uh, masculinity it is this angst right how can a person in whose community he had seen his women's were being raped just imagine can that person be the patriarchal to the level of doing that that person has grown up seeing this incidences around him and with that person was like his restlessness is mistaken for his masculinity his anger is mistaken for his masculinity then uh, it tells a lot because in caste society we live in denial of our caste histories and that is why i have i have discovered with my observation my experiences and whatever readings i had in the past that in caste society each of us whether they are brahmins or dalits and all other uh, caste in between we all are psychologically terrorized in our subconscious now we we need justice we need justice because who has not been hurt must be give, must be hurt who has never been written should write now and who uh, if i if my story was ever present then i need to shut and i had to listen now to those people so that then we will have a same uh, we will have uh, something similar not only similar but we will have equal share to share with each other equal share of the history and the stories and uh, it will come that justice will come only when you accept your history where you come from and i will accept where i come from it is only it is only when we agree that we are diagnosed with this disease we can begin with the treatment of it so that is why uh, there can be no love without justice and there can be no justice without love and now there can be no justice without love because you need this uh, angst you need this uh, instinct to basically instinct for justice you need this hunger for justice you know because uh, in the absence of that uh, everybody will 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 do not only somebody who has committed something but somebody who is also uh, you know living as a part of the society so it is for us so justice love is a broad thing justice is the profound thing
you know, this is a tricky question. Um, marginalization uh, can happen at several levels. As a publisher of a publisher promoting Dalit Bahujan writers, uh, what has been your experience about your female peers? And do you think their life stories are different from yours? Or, or does it add to another layer of marginalization there? Uh, looking at it from the gender perspective, of course, like uh, as a woman, uh, women psychologically, physiologically, you know, uh, because your physiology also uh, uh, goes on to define your imagination in a different way, right? Uh, how women feels about certain things, men can never feel about it. So that is why they can't understand that. And when it comes to marginalization, so I, I don't use the word marginalization because I think we Dalit Bahujans are the majority of this country. We are numerical majority. We are not minority. We are we are at the margin of uh, literature. We are at the margin of uh, culture. We are at the margin of this these things because uh, we do uh, our means of production have been historically snatched away from us. That's how the imperial capitalism has also started to uh, had 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 started. Right? It uh, snatching away people from their uh, labor there. Uh, the, the ownership of their labor and then enslaving them and then uh, out of that uh, surplus creating capital for now in India this capital has created by Brahmin right uh, they have created this capital in cinema in music in all but then at the foundation of all these things whether it's a musical instrument music whether it's in uh, it's in it's in medicine and all you will all find Dalit Bojan people are the pioneer of all, all these things but because the in the modern time, the, when history has been aggressively written, with also the invasion of the Muslims, uh, in which like uh, and and the British were a lot of Savarna writers were court writers, court documenters, so they have written history aggressively in their favor. I understand your argument about the use of the word marginalization, but here I want to share your opinion about Dalit women writers, and I was coming to that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see the, uh, 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 let us say a Brahmin male has aggressively written the history, the male, a Brahmin male, a Savarna male had written the history in which everybody was Shudra, even the Brahmin woman was Shudra, right? Now uh, this bargainization is also there uh, among Brahmin man and a Brahmin woman. That marginalization is first to be addressed. Now within Dalit community, uh, between men and women, not only Dalit women, but also Dalit man is prone to caste discrimination. Although we have different experiences in terms of gender, but Dalit men and women are companion in the struggle against caste. They are the first original companion against caste. And that is where uh, more than differences, this uh, similarity, their, their purpose, their pursuit to address the monster of caste is something we need to understand. Uh, when we also try to understand the marginalization with respect to gender between the Dalit community. So, of course, I mean, the way like, uh, uh, because it is it is the body of a Dalit woman which are, which was been, which had been sexualized, not the body of a Dalit man, right? But also, it is because it's a common known fact, but also a body of a Dalit man is also sexualized and vulgarized and objectified. But these stories we do not know. Now I'm saying that we will come up with these stories where we will understand what is marginalization between the oppressed community when it comes to gender 
and also how this marginalization takes place when it comes to the oppressor caste people yeah thank you so much yogesh for sparing time for us it has been really lovely talking to you and however i personally feel that we have hardly touched the surface in this conversation i hope to have you uh, back on the podcast whenever your new publication comes in sure sure thank you so much thank you for listening to the hindu on books you can now find the hindu's podcast such as in focus and parley on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other major platforms write to us with comments and feedback at socmed4 s o c m e d 4 at the rate thehindu.co.in 